Lord, I, I'm just thankful this morning. He is good. Is anybody in the room today? Said he is good all the time, and all the time he is good. I'm so thankful this morning that we are serving a faithful God today. I'm so delighted that you're in the house of the Lord with us. If you're visiting with us, I say a very special welcome to you this morning. Uh, those that are joining us still by way of live stream this morning, welcome to you. We miss you, but we are thankful that you're able to be with us today. And uh, so we welcome you into this service with us at this time. I do pray that all is well with you this morning. And uh, we have a reason to rejoice today, and that is that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Amen? And uh, I'm not going to uh, walk in defeat today, but I'm going to walk in knowing the fact that Jesus is still Lord and that the journey is getting sweeter every day. And uh, I just believe that if we would pause and just really look just beyond, you begin to see the glittering lights of home. We are ever near to meeting the one that we call Lord and Savior. I'm so thankful for that this morning. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm just going to go jump right into the Word this morning. I, I have a lot to say in a short time to say it, uh, but I'm going to do my best to deliver into your, into your hearing this morning that which God has placed in our heart for our time together. So if you'd like to turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Kings chapter number 20, 2 Kings chapter number 20, we will be there in just a moment of time. But as you're turning there, let me just say to you this morning that Solomon, he had this to say. He said, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. He also said that when pride cometh, then cometh shame, but the lowly is wisdom. He also says that the integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of the transgressors shall destroy them. Now, I could preach on those words this morning, but I share those with you today because of this simple reality, that we're all up in arms a lot of times in our life worried about what evil is doing when evil is going to destroy itself. This morning, you and I just need to put our trust in Jesus. And I believe that where we find ourselves today is a very unique time. It's a very unique place. It is a time in which we could talk about much. But this morning, I want to put the responsibility back upon you and I this morning as men and women of God. And we find that we're going to pick up a story today in 2 Kings chapter number 20. Uh, where Hezekiah is a man that has done right in the sight of the Lord. If he was to read from eight, chapter 18 verse, uh, and uh, chapter 19, you would find that this is said about him. It was simply said that Hezekiah, he was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. He, he was one that uh, began to purge the land, and he began to work diligently to make sure that the people of God was following after the things of God and that they was correcting the errors of their way. 
we find that if you was to read through Scripture, those two passages, two chapters rather, you would find that he went as far as to even take and destroy the, the, the golden serpent that Moses had built uh, when the snakes bit the children of Israel. And he said, if you look upon them, you will receive salvation. Uh, you'll receive healing. But they had began to worship that. They lost their way in such a manner. And he said, we're going to destroy everything, and we're going to get our focus back on what it needs to be, and that is we're going to get our focus upon God. And we find that in the midst of this time uh, in the history of, uh, of the of the children of Israel, that we find that the king of Assyria begins to rise up and begins to bring opposition and begins to make difficult for the people of God. And then after some years of Hezekiah's reign, we find that the king of Assyria has uh, transitioned from power. Now we find that as the new king is there and he's beginning uh, to bring uh, really a spirit of intimidation and fear uh, in a greater and intense manner uh, against the people of God, we find that Hezekiah begins to try to make amends. And then we find that to no avail, the enemy is saying, we're going to come and destroy you. We're going to take everything from you, and we're going to take your land. And we find that Hezekiah begins to call out to the Lord. And he simply said, I beseech you, therefore, he said, because he said, listen, there is, there's all types of things going, but this world needs to know that you are really God. So then we get to chapter number 20 and verse number 1. It says that it was in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it come to pass, after Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. For a few moments this morning, I'm going to try my best to preach for a few moments and talk to you about it's time to face the wall. I want us to pray together this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I thank you for those that are joining us by way of technology this morning. But Lord, I pray right now that for the next few moments, that, Lord, we would have ears to hear, we'd have hearts to receive the word of the Lord. I understand today, Lord, that we're in the fight that is very intense. It's a spiritual war today. But, Lord, we know this, that we are overcomers by you and through you. Today, Father, I pray that you would anoint this vessel to speak that which you put in my spirit for the next few moments. 
We'll give you the praise and the glory for it. The church says amen. Amen. In this story, we find that if you back up just a little bit into chapter number 19, beginning in verse number 32, you would find these words. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. But then in verse 35, it says, And it come to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So, so Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, departed, and he went and returned, and he dwelt at Nineveh. You say, why is all of this important this morning? Can I say to you today, where we find ourselves is very similar to the time in history that we read of this morning. It was a time of distress. It was a time of invasion. It was a time of uncertainty. It was a time where evil seemed to be moving uninterrupted and unchallenged. But we find that the word of the Lord says, as I ministered to you last evening, that there was, our last Sunday, there was an unexpected disruption. And I believe, and I will stand by what I shared from this platform over the last several weeks, I do believe that there is an unexpected release coming at the latter part of this year. I will not back down from that, but God is getting ready to be glorified. He is getting ready to be lifted up. And you and I just need to begin to trust him in a greater manner than we ever have. Now, while I say that, and my spirit is very, very excited and encouraged today, I find that much like many others, my spirit is in war with my natural man, my fleshly man. But I will tell you this, there is an attempt of the enemy to get you as well as myself and many others uh, in the faith to be discouraged and to not hear the word of the Lord. If you was to go back and read chapter 18 and chapter 19, you will find that Sennacherib, uh, he simply begins to send out his voices, if you will, and he begins to tell them in this manner. He simply says, let not Hezekiah deceive you. For he shall not be able to deliver you out of his hand. Talking about the king of Assyria. He said, neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord. Saying, the Lord will surely deliver us. And this city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Hearken not to Hezekiah. For, for thus saith the king of Assyria, make an agreement with me. And it goes on throughout the end of chapter 18. It says, hearken not. Hearken not, what's simply saying, do not pay attention to the voice of truth. 
That's why today you and I are experiencing such a weight and such a heaviness, even in the house of God, where there should be a sound of jubilation and a sound of jubilee, a shout of praise. We walk in and we're just, we're just weighted, and we don't even understand why we feel the way we do. We just feel like something's off, something's just heavy. Uh, but I want to tell you this morning uh, that it is nothing more than demonic oppression to try to keep the people of God from hearing what God is saying in this hour. And I refuse to be denied of the greatest opportunity that has been given to humanity in modern history. I want to decree and declare to you today that something is about to change. I know that it may not look like it in the natural. I know that it may not look like it and it may not even sound like it, uh, but I want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning, uh, that when the saints of God began to take dominion uh, and authority uh, and they began to turn uh, from the things of the world and began to get their focus back upon King Jesus, uh, everything begins to be subject to change. Uh, listen, uh, what would take you and I years to do, uh, he can do with just the moving of his hand. Uh, and I'll come to decree and declare to you this morning uh, that God is moving his hand uh, and the world can't stop it. Uh, the media can't stop it. Uh, listen, uh, the devils of hell can't stop it uh, because when he begins to move uh, in his sovereign authority and power, uh, there is nothing uh, that can stop uh, what he desires to do. Uh, but listen, my friend, uh, we gotta get loose uh, and begin to be uh, who God has called us to be. We are not defeated, but we are overcomers. This morning, somebody ought to go ahead and give him a shout of praise. You and I this morning, we're hanging in the balance this morning. You and I today, our decisions is not going to just affect us, but it's going to affect our children, and yes, even my grandchildren. In the days ahead, hear me, Hezekiah found himself. His heart is broken. It appears everything is coming to an end. His body is now afflicted. Not only is there an enemy that's coming and trying to take his his land and destroy his people. But now there's a boil upon him. He's wrenching in pain. He can't focus. Uh, it seems like just a few passages before, you will find that the word of the Lord says, uh, don't be afraid of the king of Assyria. I'm getting ready to defend the city. He's not going to win. Uh, but then all of a sudden, the prophet comes in and says, listen, uh, get your house in order uh, because you're getting ready to die. Uh, listen, uh, he said, man, my body's wrenching in pain. Uh, I don't want to die right now. I've got, I've got some stuff to do. Uh, there's some things before us that needs to be conquered. Uh, listen, uh, he began to evaluate and he's broken. Uh, but notice he looks and hears everything 
everything. Uh, the prophet is speaking, uh, but all of a sudden, uh, he gets down into his innermost being. Uh, much like Paul said to Timothy, uh, stir up the gift that is in you. Uh, somehow he reached way down, uh, and he found some strength, uh, and he turned himself to the wall. Uh, and when he turned himself, uh, he began to pray. Uh, and as he began to pray, uh, he began to call out to God in such a manner. Notice he said, uh, I beseech thee, O Lord, uh, remember now uh, how I have walked before thee in truth uh, and with a perfect heart uh, and done that which is good in thy sight. Uh, what he was saying is this. Uh, he said, take a moment. Uh, he said, and listen, please, uh, to your servant. Uh, he said, remember now. Uh, he understood the urgency. Uh, he said, Lord, I don't want you to hear me tomorrow. Uh, I don't want you to hear me next week, uh, but I want you to hear me now uh, without delay uh, in this very moment of time. Uh, he said, God, uh, I need you. Uh, I can't live uh, in this manner. Uh, but he began to weep. Uh, he began to humble himself. Uh, and when he humbled himself in prayer, uh, all of a sudden, uh, the prophet in the middle court uh, and he turns uh, and the Lord says uh, listen uh, you got to go back because somebody uh, just touched my heart uh, listen uh, it's kind of like uh, the woman with the issue of blood uh, if I can just touch the hem of his garment uh, I know I'll be made whole uh, a crowd of people was around uh, but all of a sudden Jesus said who touched me uh, he perceived uh, that virtue had went out of him. Uh, the moment uh, that Hezekiah turned to the wall uh, and began to weep, uh, suddenly uh, the heart of God was touched. Uh, and when it was touched, uh, it caused the prophet to have to turn. Uh, and when the prophet turned, uh, his message was different uh, than it was just a short time ago. Uh, and that message uh, began to be a message of life, uh, a message of freedom, uh, a message of deliverance. Uh, a message of defense. Uh, I come to tell somebody this morning uh, it's never been more important than right now uh, for the church uh, to be found uh, be in the house of prayer uh, that God has called us to be. Uh, I'm going to preach this thing while you sit there this morning uh, because I got to tell somebody uh, in this moment right now uh, God is saying turn to the wall. Uh, he's saying forget about everything else. Uh, forget about every program every ideal quit whining about everything that went wrong this year with your schedule and begin to turn to the wall because he's desiring to hear you this morning Hezekiah begins to pray everything turns and it was in this season that all of a sudden the word of the Lord says I'm going to bring healing but I'm also going to defend what he was saying is this, I am going to now ward off the attack of the king of Assyria. Man, I could say a lot this morning, but I'm not going to take a whole lot of time today. But notice, Hezekiah had a father that knew the power of prayer. You got to read this, and then you got to really read this. The Lord said, I'm going to deliver. I'm going to defend this city because of my own account and because of my servant David. But you find out that David been 
the father of Hezekiah and the lineage that he comes from, David had said, the foolish shall not stand in thy sight. In Psalms 5 and verse 5, he said, thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will hoard the bloody and the deceitful man. But in verse 11 of that chapter, he says, But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor will thou compass him as with a shield. See, Hezekiah did not just have knowledge of the Torah and the Word, but he had personal experience from David and had been passed down through generation of the stories of the faithfulness of God. See, it wasn't just something that he read, but it was something that he heard in his house as a child all the way up through adulthood of the power and the faithfulness of God. And we find that the psalmist said in Psalms 59 and 1, Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Defend me from them that rise up against me. You can see these types of phrases all throughout David's life. So it means this, that this was not something that David just did on a Sabbath day, but this was a lifestyle that David lived, and therefore Hezekiah had been exposed to it. i got to ask you the question this morning. How often has your children and grandchildren been exposed to you turning your face to the wall? See, Hezekiah knew what to do in this moment of uncertainty and distress and, and great pain and even with a, pro, uh, a pronouncement of death upon his life. Uh, he said, listen, I, I don't have anything other than I can do what I know has worked for those that was before me. I'm just going to ignore everything over here and I'm going to turn my face to the wall uh, because maybe, just maybe, God will remember me now. And as he began to call out, Notice, uh, we find that things began to change, uh, but the, David had an understanding that was greater than most of us uh, because of the experience and the faithfulness of God that he did experience in his own personal life. Uh, in Psalm 61, he said, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. Uh, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee uh, when my heart is overwhelmed. Uh, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Uh, for thou hast been a shelter for me uh, and a strong tower from the enemy. Uh, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. Uh, I will trust in the convert of thy wings. Uh, Selah, for thou, O God, uh, hast heard my vows. Uh, thou hast given me the heritage uh, of those that fear thy name. Uh, do you even know what the heritage of the Lord is this morning? Uh, let me just remind you, uh, in the midst of your weightiness, uh, in the midst of 
of your uncertainty, uh, maybe even in the midst of your fear. Uh, Isaiah 54, 17 says, uh, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, uh, and every tongue that rise against thee in judgment uh, thou shalt condemn. Uh, this is the heritage uh, of the servants of the Lord. Uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, I don't care what the naysayers say, uh, I don't care what it may look like, uh, but there is no weapon uh, that is formed against the people of God uh, that's going to prosper. Uh, but we're about to walk in uh, to something great uh, and powerful, uh, but we're going to have to turn to the wall. The power of prayer this morning uh, cannot be overstated in the life of a believer. And I'm not talking about lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Pray that prayer. But you're going to have to do more than that. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Proverbs 15, 8. Hear me this morning. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Proverbs 15, 29. Not only does he take delight, but he hears. It is in the story of Hezekiah that we see the results. When one makes the decision to pray, this morning, please hear me, no matter what your age is, no matter what your background is, no matter what your situation is this morning, you have the ability to touch the heart of God. It was in this time of sickness and uncertainty, even after hearing the pronouncement of death, Hezekiah refused to do one thing. And it's something that you and I must do in this very moment of time. He refused to be silent. I mentioned last Sunday, and I will mention it again, the reason that many in this nation says that you're in the most dangerous place in the nation right now as you're sitting in the house of worship is because the enemy knows. They may not know, but the enemy that is flowing through them and controlling them knows that if we're silent, it ensures them victory. But when we use our voice, it ensures that they're going to be defeated. I'm glad to see some of you got over your fear this week. Just kidding. The season of sickness and death was brought to an abrupt end. Hear me. When Hezekiah turned to the wall. You can talk about wanting a change. You can say that we need a change. You can have your little three or four or no more and talk about all of the things that's wrong. But if you don't ever turn to the wall, there will, no, there will never be a change. You can talk about it. You can even have some good ideals about it. But until we come to a place where we petition heaven, nothing is going to change. Because can I tell you, what you see naturally is not the issue. What you see naturally is the results of a spiritual war between good and evil. Now, 
just like in the day of Hezekiah, there is a deliverance coming. I will stand by that. But I'm going to go just as a little further and tell you not only is there a deliverance coming, but there is a defense that is rising even now. Because in recent weeks, men and women have turned to face the wall. But we need a few more people to turn. We need some people to get rid of their religion. We need some people to get rid of their tradition. We, we, we need some people to get rid of their self-righteous spirits and their holier-than-thou attitudes. And they need to begin to weep and cry before the Lord and realize that right now there is a nation hanging in the balance. There's a family hanging in the balance. There's communities all around us hanging in the balance. Your children's future is hanging in the balance. Notice with me, I have to remind you that Jesus himself said that his house would be called a house of prayer. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 that we are the temple of God. That means we are to be a house of prayer. I would challenge you to go to the settings of your little device that has imprisoned you that you wake up with and go to bed with every day that you have fallen so in love with that you now neglect your family because of it and every other relationship and I would challenge you to look at your time used and compare that to the time that you was on your knees this week. And then you tell me that you're concerned about your family. Then you tell me you're concerned about your nation. Listen, I'm not being mean this morning, but I'm telling you this morning, somebody's got to turn to the wall. And if you don't do it, and if I don't do it, it's not going to happen. It is amazing to me that we will settle for what we currently see when God says, I've made a way. You hear me? Our land, as well as the land of many other nations, is in need of a great healing this morning. That healing cannot be provided by the intellect of men only be provided by the healing hand of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says we are to pray without ceasing. Mean our mind is to be stayed upon the Lord. But we also find in 1 Timothy 2 and 8 that it says that I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. If you're not going to believe, there's no sense in you praying. I'm sorry. But you and I right now have got to understand that we have to pause, we have to self-examine, 
and we have to ask ourselves, do I really believe God is able? Is God really able to heal my body? Is he really able to heal my finances? Is he really able to touch my family? Is he really able to touch my community or my nation? Is he really able to make an impact in the nations of the world? Do I really believe those things? If I believe those things and I pray accordingly, notice I can pray in faith believing and it shall be done when I pray in accordance to the will of God and the word of God. I, I, I want you to hear me this morning. The scripture teaches us that we are to pray in faith, Hebrews eleven six. 6. That means this, we pray in such a manner that we know God's able to do it and he's going to do it. But also you are to pray, and I am to pray without wavering. That means even when we get weary, we don't waver. James chapter 1, 6 through 8. Our story today is not an isolated event. I'm trying to hurry this morning. But we find others in Scripture that saw the power of God's deliverance when they assembled in prayer. I cannot overstate to you this morning that it is only when we begin to continue in prayer. The early church in Acts chapter 2, the end of that chapter, everybody focuses on the first part of that chapter, but in chapter number 2, verse 42 and 43, it says, And they continued, the early church, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. It wasn't... It's amazing to me in America today, we'll call a prayer meeting and we'll, we'll, we'll spend uh, 30 minutes singing, we'll spend 30 minutes exhorting, and then we'll spend five minutes praying. No. Listen, you and I today have got to understand that when they continued in prayer, it says that many wonders and signs were done in their presence. God has not changed. The behavior of men have changed. We do not continually stay in prayer, but we occasionally pray, usually when we're in trouble. But notice, if you was to fast forward a few chapters, Acts chapter 12, a very familiar story. King Herod has killed one of the pillars of the faith and now he's in prison Peter and says I'm going to do to him what I've done to this one and all of a sudden it says the church began to pray and as they began to pray and I don't want you to miss this this morning I'm not going to preach this but I, I want to reference this very quickly that as they began to pray notice with me in verse number 7 of chapter number 12 of the book of Acts, if you was to read it, it says, And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison where he was, and it smote Peter on the side, and it raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And when Peter was come to himself, notice he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod. But the church is continually praying. If you read the, if you read the rest of the story, and there was, there was a damsel by the name of Rhoda 
heard Peter's voice and knocking and the church was like, ah, oh, he's dead already then. That's just his spirit. But he stood and he kept knocking. And all of a sudden, it says they opened the door and they saw him and they was astonished. I believe there's getting ready to be a wow moment in the next few weeks because of those that have turned to face the wall. Now, but here's the thing. You say, is it really important for me to really be one to face the wall at this time? Is there anybody in this room that has need of God to do and move in any area of your life? Let me see your hand. And you know it's bigger than you, right? You can't do it in yourself. If you could have, you'd already done it. Here's the thing. When the church begins to pray, and I've referenced this over the last several weeks, and I know I'm slowing down. Just stay with me. This is not our fight. This is not our battle. This is good and evil. This is not about a man in a White House. This is so much bigger than that. But this is about the enemy trying everything he can to stifle and to stop what this nation was created for because our creation, our birth, is much different than any other nation on this planet. We was, we was birthed, and you've heard me say this for years, we was birthed to be a friend to Israel, but we was also birthed to simply be a nation that would be the ones that would be very instrumental in creating, bringing about the great completion to the Great Commission because we was founded differently than any other. It was founded on Christian values. We're very different. But hear me. When people began to turn and they began to face the wall and pray, something happens every time. In the days of Hezekiah, he prays. The Lord says, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to defend the city. And at night, when everybody was sleeping, the angel of the Lord comes down and smokes a hundred and forty score and five thousand. Okay. When the church prays in Acts chapter 12, the angel of the Lord is released from heaven and comes into the prison smites the man of God and says, wake up. But also says when he smote him that the chains fell off of his hands. You know why the enemy doesn't want you to pray right now? I'm a whole lot more happier inside than I am on the outside right now, okay? Listen, the enemy doesn't want you to pray right now because he knows that when God's people began to cry aloud in faith believing that he has to loose his grip off them and we find that he knows that death and defeat comes to him and to those that is operating under his command in one moment of time a hundred plus thousand die in one night because somebody turned and faced the wall 
we find that the one, please hear me, the one that God was using in the early church to be a voice of power and authority. The enemy puts in a prison and says, put all kinds of people around him uh, because we're getting ready to bring death to him. We're going to silence him. But all of a sudden, when somebody's praying, the angel of the Lord is dispatched and chains fall off. And he begins to walk in such a manner. And if you really read the story, they go through one ward to another ward. And then there's an iron gate that goes out into the city and into the street called Straight. Uh, and it opened uh, to them uh, with anything else. What am I saying is this, uh, that when God's people turned to the wall and began to pray, uh, it begins to bring the angelic host of heaven uh, in a realm uh, where the supernatural uh, begins to fight on behalf half of God's people. I began to hear in my spirit in recent days, uh, the Lord simply say these words in my spirit, uh, I am bringing healing to my people, uh, but I'm also going to defend their cities. You and I this morning, right now, in the midst of chaos, going to have to make a decision. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe it's all over for you and your family? Or are you going to believe that the Lord says uh, that I'm coming back for a glorious church uh, without spot, uh, without blemish? This morning, death all around us. Certainty all around us. But can I tell you this morning, nothing that is currently taking place has changed the Word of God. I gotta tell you this morning, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And I'm gonna go ahead and just speak this over you right now. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I speak a calm and a peace and a rest to you this morning in the name of the Lord. There is no reason, you hear this preacher this morning, there is no reason for you to live another moment under the weight that the enemy's trying to put on you. You are a child of the Most High God. You have been bought with a price. You belong to another. Uh, this world is not your home. Uh, you are a citizen of heaven. Uh, and listen, uh, we are getting ready uh, to experience uh, the greatest hour that the church has ever known. Uh, listen, I'm going to stand by the word of the Lord and I'm going to stand by the prophets of God. Uh, and I'm going to tell you that that William Seymour, he was a man of God. Uh, Charles Bortman was a man of God. Uh, and, in the, and just a little over 100 years ago, they stood by the unction of the power of the Holy Spirit and said, in about 100 years from now, God's going to do something that dwarfs anything we've ever seen. Uh, that is you and I right now in this moment. Don't you sit there discouraged and down this morning uh, because greater is he that is in you. That's not just words. Uh, that is the truth this morning. You're still part of the heritage. The heritage of the Lord is no weapon formed against you can prosper. 
You say, but you don't understand my diagnosis. I know the healer of that diagnosis. We are in a place today, and I'm going to bring this to a close. We have to come back and I'm, to simply where we understand the Word of God is not suggestive, but it is the roadmap for success for all of humanity. You want to walk in victory? You want to walk in power? You want to walk fulfilled and blessed? You're going to have to walk in accordance to the Word of God. Therefore, I'm going to give you James chapter 5 before we pray this morning. Is any among you afflicted? If you're afflicted this morning, you need to pray. You don't need to go to another prayer line and have 55 other people pray for you and anoint them with their special oil and use an Elijah prayer cloth or whatever prayer cloth they may have. You're just going to have to pray for yourself because God's trying to get your attention. So if you're afflicted, he's saying, you need to talk to me for a while and we can fix this thing. Okay? Is any merry? Is anybody happy? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Okay, you know that one. That's a good place to start right there, all right? It says, if any is merry, let him sing psalms. You say, I don't know any psalms. Well, there's 150 in this Bible, okay? Just, just start singing them, okay? Just, just, just start singing the songs of David. You might be surprised what happens. Joy unspeakable and full of glory might be what describes you. But is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Notice this, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. And he's sick. Well, I don't want anybody to know what I'm going through. Well, you're totally positioned yourself for failure right there. I'm sorry. Well, I just don't. I just don't. I just don't want nobody to know. I, listen, if you do not have enough faith to call upon the elders of the church, you, you just might as well get used to being sick. You say, well, I'm, I'm going to pray for myself. Well, there's times we pray for ourselves, yes. But at the same time, there is times that God says you need to call on the elders of the church, and if you're sick, let them anoint and pray over you the prayer of faith. He says, because then I'll save the sick, and I'll raise him up. I want to tell you right now that there is some people that God's getting ready to raise up in the very near future. But also in verse 16 it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. I want to put this out there. Why is it so important for me to turn and face the wall? Is because I need to be somebody that's in tune with God because if I'm a brother or sister in a local assembly of people, there may just be the occasion that somebody walks into this house on a Sunday morning or one, some other time that's sick, and I need to be able to pray the prayer of faith. I can't pray the prayer of faith if I don't know who he is. I can pray a prayer. 
a prayer is different than a prayer of faith. But when I begin to pray a prayer of faith because I know who he is, because I'm in time with him and, and I've encountered him and me and him's been spending time, to, listen, there is something about the prayer of faith because it says the effectual fever prayer of a righteous man can overcome a few things. Could anybody say that there's much going on today in our world? But can I tell you that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much? So I simply come to say this to you. Colossians 4 and 2, continue in prayer. And within the same, with thanksgiving. Right now, we have an opportunity to experience an enemy been defeated and God been glorified. And it all hinges in our community, in our nation, in the nations of the world. It all hinges on will the church turn to the wall. As they come to the music this morning, I want to say this with all of the love that's in me today. You and I have got to awaken to the truth of God's Word, number one. Number two, and I've heard this for nearly 21 years now, Not only do we have to awaken to the truth, but you hear me this morning, every man, woman, boy, girl, you must begin to have a desire for more than just a good church service. A good church service isn't going to get it done. We come in here to be edified and equipped, to be encouraged, absolutely. We are to worship corporately. We are to hear the preaching, the teaching of the Word, absolutely. We need the pastor. We need the teacher. We need the prophet. We need the evangelist. We, 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 we need the apostle. Listen, we need that fivefold ministry. Absolutely. But there is an evil today that's trying to destroy your family, your community, as well as this nation that you call home today. And you are not going to overcome by just having a good church service. But God is releasing the prophetic voices in this season to prompt us to turn from the world and to turn to Him. Here's the deal. Hezekiah had already prayed. The Lord had already given him a word. I'm going to defend the city. You can read it. There was no weeping. There was no brokenness. God said, I'm going to defend the city because I'm going to do that because of my name and because of David. It had nothing to do with Hezekiah. But when Hezekiah became stricken, and the prophetic voice said, listen, get your house in order because things aren't going to stay the way they are. You're getting out of here. It came to his face in such a manner, he was like, you know what? Death is upon me. 
I don't think he understood the gravity really of how intense his season was until the prophet came back in and when the prophet came back in and he said listen he said get your house in order you're getting ready to experience death he knew what to do he turned his face to the wall and he began to pray but this time he began to weep sore there was a brokenness we have prayed in days gone by Lord I'm just going to be honest and real with you Lord, give us this and give us that. Lord, let this one be reelected. Let this one be reelected. Let this happen. Let this happen. We prayed because we wanted to defend our city. Let's be honest. But we wasn't concerned with much more than that. But then we began to hear. We began to see, and it became a rally. Hey, man, this is really, this is really intense. And the Lord said, you know what? I, I, I've tried to awaken you with this, and I've tried to awaken you with that. I've tried to awaken you in this manner, but you not, so let me just tell you, what if I just tell you that I'm going to bring death to you? Now all of a sudden we're turning, but for the first time in 50 years, we began to hear the sound of travail back in the house of God. And it's not a bad thing. But the sound of the cry accompanied with the prayer is touching the heart of God and the angelic host of heaven has been dispatched and is beginning to move on behalf of the people of God I believe with all of my heart that God has turned the prophet again. Hezekiah's turn prompted the prophet to turn and his message began to be not only am I defending the city but I'm getting ready to bring healing to you. I will stand here today and tell you that God is getting ready to do a thing. God's getting ready to do a thing in this nation that it's going to affect the nations of the world. That's the first thing I'll say. The second thing I'll say is not only is he going to do a thing in the nation, but he's getting ready to do a thing in the church, and the thing that he's going to do in the church, he's getting ready to heal the church. Some of you need to just hold on and not be weary in well-doing, because if you faint not in due season, There is a healing hand that's getting ready to come. But you're going to have to pray. I'm going to have to pray. We're going to have to turn from all of the stuff. We're going to have to face the wall. We're going to have to get along. There's something about when somebody just removes themselves from the norm and strategically places themselves in a position. I will never forget as a child after my father had worked all night come home 
would take the steps down into the basement and out of the register vents would come seeping up into the main floor of the house not just a prayer but a cry I'll never forget that cry because of that prayer because of that cry oh it's been some dark seasons been some difficult seasons but the hand of God has always protected when it looked like death was imminent when it looked like everything was crumbling all of a sudden God stepped in because somebody had their face to the wall some of you have in your lineage those that have turned their face to the wall and they've cried but if you look around the house of God this morning they're not with us anymore they finished their course they stepped out of this temporary house and stepped into eternity But I have to ask you this morning, who's crying now for your family? Who's crying now for your community? Who's crying now for this nation? And you think the lies of the enemy that's been taught to us in the last 25 years is still what we need to do just sing a song have some elegant words and everything will be all right no somebody's got to begin to lay between the porch and the altar in this season and when we do that when we do that There's a moment of change. Listen, I I know today that in everything that's going on, we'd like to hear some things that didn't really require much of us to do, that God's just going to do what God's going to do. Well, he says, you have not because you ask not. So what do you really want? He says, there's things going on in the heavenlies and there's things going on in the earthly because you're permitting them to. He said, because you have the keys to the kingdom. That which you bind, that which you lose. How do we do those things is by coming back to a place of prayer. So here's my challenge to those of you in this sanctuary with me and those that are watching us today. in the midst of a holiday season will you shut off the noise and turn to the wall and begin to cry aloud do you think it's that important pastor absolutely here I will go on record today 
I will go on record today and tell you that if we will turn and face the wall as we go into the year 2021 we will begin to experience the greatest revival that we have known in the last hundred years but it's going to cost us something God is getting ready I believe that with all of my heart this morning if I could say it this way there is a bundle of figs that's already been prepared and God is just waiting to hear the cry of the Hezekiahs of today for him to release the prophet to say lay the figs on the boil it was in that moment healing came we're that close to experiencing miracle working power of God in your life and your family if you will go to a place of prayer today and there and from this day forward this is not something you visit but this is a lifestyle that you begin to live in and do by the end of this year there will begin to be marvelous testimony of the healing power of God in individuals lives I'm believing I am believing you're getting ready to see cancers fall off. You're getting ready to see lame people walk and leap again. You're getting ready to see blinded eyes open. You're getting ready to see the hand of God begin to move and there's going to be relationships restored and mended. There is getting ready to be homes put back together. There is getting ready to be things absolutely transformed in such a manner that God is going to be glorified if you and I will turn to the wall. That void in your life will be filled by the precious power and Holy Spirit of God if we'll just pray. And as we begin to experience the healing hand of God, there's a nation that's getting ready to be defended by the hand of God. I want to say this, and then I'm going to ask you to stand, and you're going to pray with me. We are getting ready to have some God encounter moments in this nation that's going to take the breath away from men and women in such a manner that the stories that we've read about that has occurred only in the land of Israel is getting ready to occur in the United States of America. What do I mean by that? Is that when Israel has been outnumbered on so many different wars, men have turned their airplanes around and they have flown and gone softly because of the simple fact when they looked they didn't just see a handful of men but they saw the angelic host of heaven standing behind them there is the arrival on the shores of this nation of an angelic host of heaven and they're just waiting for you to pray because your prayer is getting ready to release them to bring about a victory for your family, for your nation, and for the nations of the world. But I got to tell you this morning, nobody has your voice. Nobody has your voice. Only you have your voice. This morning, I'm going to ask you to stand all over this house.
I'm going to ask you this morning as Sister Melissa just sets the sets the atmosphere just with worship. You could stay in your seat. You could come. You could stand across this building. You could kneel. You could walk the aisle. I don't care. Just use wisdom with all of the sickness and things of that. That's all I ask. Just use wisdom. I'm going to ask you to pray this morning. If you'd say, Pastor, I've heard the word of the Lord this morning and it's touched my heart. And you'd say, you know, I'm one that's willing to turn and face the wall today. I don't care how old you are this morning. I don't care how long you've been serving the Lord. None of that matters. What matters is that you're one that will simply say, I'll turn and I'll cry. I'll humble myself and I'll pray. Will you be one that makes the turn that begins to turn it around. I'm going to ask you to come right now. And let's just have a season of prayer this morning. Maybe you need a touch in your body as you begin to pray. I'm believing God to touch you, minister to you in a very unique way. Hello, everybody. We just want to come to you today and say thank you so much for taking some time to watch us. Um, we hope that this message was encouraging and a blessing to you. Um, feel free to private message us and follow us on all social media platforms that will be listed below. Thank you guys and have a great day.